This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 221, DreamWorks Animation Retrospective. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, a podcast about Christianity, imagination, sci-fi, and fantasy. And I'm one of your hosts, Evan David, and I am not alone. I am joined by two of my other co-hosts, Steve McDonald. Hey, everybody. How are you? And I can't ben. hear anybody. I'm sorry. I didn't, don't even know why I asked that. I am assuming everyone is fine. So hi, everybody. Wow. <clears throat> And Ben, Ben Avery. Hi, everybody. How you doing? See, I think that's an acceptable uh, opening. The main topic of tonight is going to be DreamWorks Animation and all the films that they have made thus far. Uh, and so the reason I wanted to do this is just because DreamWorks has turned out some cool films. Some of them are really, really, really good. Some of them are eh. And some of them are bad. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't Solid know if C any of plus B minus. There may be one or two on here that are for me are I consider very bad movies, but for the most part, it's either it or really really good. So, so this is kind of a we'll a sequel in some ways to the whole Don Bluth retrospective episode that we did where we talked about the Don Bluth animation Eh. and we're gonna do something similar here we're gonna walk through the the movies and (laughs) I just have to say my reaction to almost every movie on this list will be pretty similar okay I'm just gonna say that right now that he loves every single one of well you know (laughs) it, it could be love it could be hate it could be something else Keep your fingers crossed, kids. Okay, well, uh, before we go into the different films that are on this list, I just wanted to briefly recap the history behind DreamWorks Generation because if you look, if you you know look it up on Wikipedia or wherever, uh, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, DreamWorks was founded by three people. Hold on, hold on. You may know some of them. Okay, one of them is David Geffen. Do you know David Geffen? I've heard the name. I have never heard of him before. What? You've never uh, heard of him before? <laughs> no, I have not. Really? Um, so he's he is one of the founders. Then we have the second founder, Steven Spielberg. Never heard of him. Uh, I'm sure we've heard of him somewhere. I'm pretty sure you guys did an episode about him. 
So it's very strange to me that you haven't heard of him, Steve. Um, <laughs> and then we have the the third founder, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Have you heard of Jeffrey Katzenberg? I am reading a book about this man right now as oh, wow. we speak. Yeah, it is the book that I use to put myself to sleep. Um, <laughs> it is, and I am not kidding. I may have talked about this before, but I can't remember if I have or not. It's a 700-page book. Wow. An oral history of the making of Star Trek, the motion picture. Wow. And it's really, really wow. interesting. And it's like reading an epic fantasy with no stakes. Uh, you know, so it's like reading, it's like reading Lord of the Rings, but really slow, but it's like just this peek into the, just the details of seventies cinema, seventies Hollywood and how they, how movies got made and how, you know, they were kind of moving over to the blockbuster kind of thing after Star Wars and Jaws. And it's really, really interesting, but also quite boring. And so I'm reading it and enjoying it, but at the same time. It's, it's, it's putting me to sleep. It's causing me to, <laughs> yeah, but that is funny. I have to say, I do not recommend this book to any human being, uh, who's, <laughs> who is not me, uh, considering the price, which I bought the book online from the guy, uh, when I heard about it and forgot that I ordered it. And then like seven months later, maybe even a little bit more than that, it just showed up on my doorstep. I had forgotten I even ordered it. Um, yeah. Hmm. So anyway, there it is. <laughs> yes. And he was a big part of that. He was, he was a producer and was one of the people who helped keep that movie on track yes. to, to re relaunch the franchise. He, yeah, he was put in charge of, of relaunching the franchise through that movie and, and other things. So he, they got their, his start over at Paramount, his boss, was Michael Eisner, who became the CEO of the Walt Disney Company in 1984. He brought Jeffrey Katzenberg with him and put him in charge of Disney's motion picture division. So, uh, he, and I believe he was the chairman of Disney throughout the Walt Disney Renaissance. There, yeah, which if you don't know, is when they started doing their biggest hits, uh, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King. Um, he was the animation supervisor, the chairman of that whole division. And uh, he kind of oversaw all of those movies in production. One thing that uh, there's actually a really cool uh, documentary about it called Waking Sleeping Beauty, which you could get. Um, I recommend it with one caveat, and that is there's a brief storyboard photo of a promiscuous naked woman in cartoon form so that's and it's just random it's only on there for like three seconds it's the only thing i can say um that for my caveat but other than that it's a fascinating look at the disney renaissance and jeffrey katzenberg was a major player in there if you want to know more about his history but basically he was always trying to push the disney movies to be more edgy and more adult and more this or that and more often than not, his way of doing things was was not the way it eventually happened. Uh, and so there was a big falling out with him and the Disney Studios, and he set out with Steven Spielberg and this other guy who I've never heard of to create DreamWorks and Dream DreamWorks. <laughs> He's animation. a music producer. And okay. Yeah, yeah. That's part of why you've never heard of him because those guys 
pretty much disappear behind the other bigger mm-hmm. names. But yeah, that's so they started DreamWorks Animation, and um, there. Okay, and we can we can talk a little bit more about what happened. Basically, there. Yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about it. So their first film. So we're just going to go down this list of films and talk about their merits, their non-merits, and uh, their impact on us and uh, in movies in general. So the first film that they wanted to do out the gate, they were meeting in Steven Spielberg's home. And they were tossing around, and this is is a movie that Jeffrey Katzenberg, for all his flaws, this was his brainchild. He's always wanted to do this uh, when he was at Disney. It was always denied, and then they were in Steven Spielberg's living room, and Steven Spielberg looked at him and said – you should do the Ten Commandments. And out of that suggestion and out of those brainstorming sessions, we got The Prince of Egypt. So that was their first animated movie? Yes. On the list, it is number two, but that's because it's listed by release date. They started working on The Prince of Egypt first and during production, then they started on their second one. So how much of this are we... How much of this list is going to go in this order then? Uh, j- this is the only discrepancy. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Continue. I just want the Prince of Egypt to get its due as as the first one. I bet so, there's going to be more discrepancies as we go along. It's just you don't I know don't, about them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, um, we can go back and fix his comment and post. Let, let's let's park here on on Prince of Egypt for a second sure. because. In in my list of all time favorite movies, this one may have the number one slot out of any movie. Wow! This is it your number one favorite face. movie. Yeah, it might be tied with the Prestige. I don't know. Okay, but it's... this this is. I mean, it's that's how much I love this movie. How come we've never done an episode on the Prestige? We should do that. We should. We should. Um, we should do a, a Christopher Nolan thing. Um. Anyway, so this is one of the main reasons I wanted to do DreamWorks talk about it because oh, the level of excellence that is put into this film is just awesome. It's so, so good. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend it. It's an adaption, if the, uh, the title doesn't really give it away, but the, it's an adaption of Exodus, um, at least the first 20 chapters. And uh, it's, uh, it's about Moses and they put a little twist on it where he's growing up and he's brothers with um, the Pharaoh that he is eventually going to confront. Um, they take a, some liberties, but for the most part, man, it is just, in my opinion, it's the best Bible-based movie that has ever been made. And, yep, that's what I'm going to say. And the best Bible-based movie ever made? Yeah, yeah. In my, I, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, that's definitely your opinion because uh, it's not my opinion. Oh, well, I on. don't. No, no, no. no I, go on, go on. Okay, I want to know what yours is. The the passion is is one of them. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a better movie than this one. I think it's more, uh, yeah. even with the added Catholicism, I think it's more biblically uh, accurate than this movie. But I mean, that's I I understand what you're saying. It is super artfully done. I mm-hmm. love the way that they use uh the animated hieroglyphics. I love the um the plague uh I don't know, montage, I, I guess. Plague. <laughs> um, Song. 
the the montage there. I, I like the way that they do that. Um, it is definitely a well well made movie. I find it a little bit like I said. I there's just it's been a long time since I've seen it, so this is my impression, my remembered impression. But I just had some trouble with some of the uh, extra biblical stuff that was put in, and also some of the biblical stuff that was either glossed over or uh, changed. So that's okay. And, and that's going to be almost any biblical movie that's been yeah, made. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have that. So those same kind of, of troubles with it, but uh, that's also coming from someone who tries so hard to, to make sure that it, it, the biblical account is there in the historical fiction mm-hmm. when I, when right. I do my own, my own work. So um, yeah, but no, I, yeah, they, it's 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 just surprised me how it doesn't surprise me that you like this movie. It doesn't surprise me mm-hmm. that you really like this movie. It does surprise me that it's like the top of your all time list. That does surprise it, me. Um, it, is, it surprises honestly, me um, the the amount of um just just in your voice the amount of love for for this movie. But you know, I can almost understand his passion for. It. I, I, I I guess I can understand it because. When I think about stuff from my childhood, something that leaps out that I would have to put really high on my list of you know animated movies or whatever is uh, Rankin and Bass's The Hobbit, which is horrible. <laughs> if you look at it in the in the light of the script and the light of the actual book and all that different stuff, but the thing is, when I saw it, it was it was monolithic. You know, there wasn't any other hobbits. That, well, there was the 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 Bakshi uh, Lord of the Rings thing, which was just freaky. Um, but other than that, you had this. I mean, you know, the greatest adventure. I mean, in, so many things you can make fun of. But at the time, I was you know what ten, eleven, twelve, or whatever, and it just hit me. And it was like you know, oh, all that glitters is not gold, and you know this. The the, 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 the difference, Steve, is <clears throat> is the stakes in the book. As far as Lord of the Rings is a fictional novel right. and the Bible is a spiritual guide for humanity. Right. Uh, and so I think that's that's the difference that for me, because I understand what you're saying about The Hobbit. And I, I also love The Hobbit. That movie will I will never not love it uh, as much as my children um, will never, ever love it. <laughs> because it just they they can't they can't get past the the kitsch of it but i mean yeah. okay and for, and for me this is not that what you're describing steve my appreciation for this movie came in my adulthood and uh, i mean i loved it as a kid but re-watching it as an adult man it just it moves me to tears almost every time i think every time um and I, I just I love it. I've used I've used the songs from it as as worship songs, um, just privately for myself. And I mean, and I think the biggest thing is it is a movie that glorifies God and shows how awesome God is. And it's done with just a level of excellence. And and you can yeah, in the Passion of Christ they do it with excellence too. But it's 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 just different because it. The passion of the Christ for me is not uplifting, um, even though it is. It's what Jesus did for us should be uplifting, but it's very heavy, you know. In in a 
No, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, way. you know what I'm saying? Passion yeah. is not something I'm going to go back and rewatch over and over again. Prince right. of Egypt is also not something I'm going to go back and rewatch over and over and over again. Um, and, you know, it's honestly, I haven't even shown this to my kids. I don't even know if my kids have seen this movie. Oh, man. Wow. Um, just because, you know, it's not that I'm actively not showing it to them. It's just I'm not showing it to them. I, I, I look at this movie and I'm just kind of, oh, okay. There's a movie and it's good. They did a good job with it. Nice, nice work, guys. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I, I we won't stay and harp on this for a while, but you you know how I feel, listeners. And and just in case you haven't seen it, let me let me uh, recite the cast for you, just for real quick. Okay, we have Val Kilmer, Ralph Phineas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sandra Bullock, Jeff Ralph, Goldblum, Ralph Phineas, yeah, Ralph Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> yeah oh yeah it is ralph finds you're right he plays voldemort by the way if you didn't know um jeff goldblum danny glover uh steve martin patrick stewart martin glover. short danny glover did i not say danny glover you said Glover. oh i meant to say glover i'm sorry okay all right but anyway it, and it's got great songs yeah, great great, cast. great animation yeah it's my favorite and I'm going to say this, this might be controversial. It's my favorite depiction of God on film. That is controversial. I, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, because it's I, that's one of my problems with the movie. Mm-hmm. Is that God and speaks then, to Moses with Moses' own voice. See, but I didn't notice that when I first saw it, but I'm still okay with it. Yeah, I, that, that, that was troubling to me then, and that's one of the few things that I actually remember now. And And I don't know if it's just me reading too much into something. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. It just wouldn't. I would never have that same opinion as you, as far as it being my best. But then again, that's one that that's one Evan that I could not say. Oh, what's a better portrayal of God in the movie in a movie? Because honestly, how do you portray God in a yeah. movie? That's yeah. the trick. I mean, they're using Val Kilmer to do the voice of God, but also um, just visually. And, but then they're also doing other, like they're doing pitch variations on his voice. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, how do, how do you portray God? With Atlantis Morissette, maybe? I mean, no, <laughs> come on, come on. I've, I've so, said enough. Let's move on. Actually, when the one that preceded this in the box office was Ants, right? Yes. And the, uh, let, me, let me say real quick, the reason why it preceded it. This had a, there was a huge, gigantic feud between dreamworks and pixar ants is the second all cgi movie ever released after toy story and it if you've ever seen a bug's life that's pixar's second movie and they're both centered around ants who fall in love with the princess ant and save their civilizations from destruction and so it you can go read about it it's very very interesting the gigantic feud that happened between the two companies about this um, movie and that's why it's was released before prince of egypt uh even though it was started after and it's because to compete with bugs life directly and to kind of uh, turn the screws a little bit to disney so wow yeah um but anyway have you guys seen this movie do you enjoy this movie yeah i've seen this movie i like we, we've got uh woody allen and sylvester stallone those are the two standout things i remember about this movie again it's been a very very long time and honestly some of my memories of this movie are probably mixed in with a bug's life 
but I've, <laughs> I've seen a bug's life many, many times. I've only seen ants twice, I think. Mm. Um, this movie is, and this is also not one that I'm really, you know, rushing out bugs life. I, I rushed out to show my kids, you know, yeah. but, but ants is not one that I'm really excited oh, no, about no, showing no. to it, them. It's much all. more, it's much more adult. It's a lot darker. It's got, um, sexual innuendos. It's got graphic violence. Um, yeah, some of what you said was in bugs life, but not, not so much the, uh, an innuendo and the, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the highest rated on, uh, rotten tomatoes of the, it is. Uh, the Pixar, the, uh, Pixar, the DreamWorks movies. Uh, Gene Hackman is the villain in this thing. <laughs> It's, it's, it's the villain in everything. <laughs> even even in Hoosiers, even Hoosiers, yeah. you know, if you really take a look at it closely, he's it's the villain. villain. Yeah, he's yeah. the villain. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I remember liking right. the movie, but not not really enough to really, you know, care too much. <laughs> but but wow. Woody Allen and, and Sylvester Stallone were in it, and I remember them playing off each other well. And, I'd say it's worth yeah. a watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Then our next one is The Road to El Dorado, which is the second traditionally animated movie by them. Um, interesting fact I believe this came out the same year in direct competition with Atlantis, the Disney movie. It's possible. We can look up the date on that. Um, this is 2000. When was Atlantis? I don't know. Because that's two Lost Civilization movies out in the same summer. 2001 was Atlantis. Okay, so close. Still close, yep. Well, but when in 2001? Because when was uh, El Dorado was... It was March 2000. March okay, so 2000. it was a whole year later. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It was a full year later. Yeah, but I, you know, if you're, if you're going to put up the Disney movies versus the DreamWorks movies, that's, that's close. That's yeah. close. I saw this movie. I don't remember much about it, uh, but I saw it and it didn't offend me. I think I saw this one. Uh, this one's another one where they've pulled out the stops for excellence. And uh, I do take some issue because there's some uh, pagan magic stuff happening in there. But if you don't take issue with that, I would recommend the movie. Also, not for kids. There's a lot of sexual innuendo in this one. What about um, the magic stuff in Prince of Egypt? Um. <laughs> No problem with that, no? That's like taking issue with the magic stuff in the Bible. There so, you go. No, I don't. You have a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, because God wins. And how does he win? Because he's God. So I thought you were going to say magic. Yep. Just like in real life. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this one has a great soundtrack also by Elton John. And I know the Lion King had some El the Elton John soundtrack. But in this one, Elton John actually sings the music. Um Kind of like how Phil Collins did in Tarzan. Yeah, and it's 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 a fun movie. The there's great chemistry between the two leads. Uh, it's very funny, and uh, the music's great, and it's uh, it's action packed. That's uh, probably the, that's, that's probably the thing I remember the most about it is the the interplay between the two the two lead characters, mm -hmm. and and the jokes and stuff. But that's that's about all I remember of it. So, yeah, yeah. good good job, guys. You made, you made a pretty good movie. Wow, but okay, look at the gross on this one. Budget was ninety-five million. Huh? Gross was seventy-six. Yeah. Wow, that's and unfortunate. Wah. Prince of Egypt 
Well, the budget was seventy million. That's how come we didn't get a, a Road to El Dorado two right oh, there? Yeah, Gross of Prince of Egypt was two hundred nineteen million. Mm. Yeah, but they had Prince they of had, Egypt also won. They had church dollars in there, man. I mean, yeah, for real. They also won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Um. Okay. Anyway, next one is Chicken Run. You guys seen Chicken Run? I have seen Chicken Run. Yeah, this is a fun now. One. Is this? I, I'm curious about this because this is Ardman animation. Walls and it's, drama it's, people. Yeah, it's it's stop motion. So was mm-hmm. this something that DreamWorks financed, or is this something that DreamWorks it was uh, commissioned by DreamWorks? Co-financed by DreamWorks and Path. Or Pathy, however you want to. Okay, yeah. so DreamWorks put their money into this movie, but it's not yeah. really a DreamWorks movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, technically, it's a DreamWorks movie because it was because they they paid by. money for it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this it's was distributed by DreamWorks. Yeah, yeah. See, I really like this movie. I, yeah, I liked I it a lot, it. Yeah, it um, but I don't count it as a DreamWorks movie. It's an Ardman movie because they were they were made the movie. I unless DreamWorks was like really you know guiding the film to get it finished i think they had more to do with it i don't know because they they partnered up with ardman on flushed away also and that one dreamworks actually animated with their cgi in the style of ardman's stuff yeah okay so i'm looking at the production notes here and it was produced by these guys peter lord (laughs) These guys. Yeah. Oh, Peter Lord, isn't he one of the guys on the Lego movie? Yeah, I think so. DreamWorks nice. was like, oh, Dream, DreamWorks beat out studios. This is Wikipedia, our friend and Sci-Fi Christian's friend. They beat out studios <laughs> like Disney, 20th Century Fox, and Warner Brothers, and largely won due to the perseverance of Jeffrey Katzenberg, uh, trying to help finance the movie. All right. So, so you guys recommend this one? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do, but I, I was, I was a little worried here because when I saw this on the list, like this is a movie I really, really like, and it kind of would have would have ruined my run. But I don't consider it DreamWorks. <laughs> this is Ardman. Oh goodness. Okay, next. Okay, next. All right, Ben. Yep. What do you what do you think about this movie? It's the movie that I'm sure Jeffrey Katzenberg had been dying to make after all his comments about wanting to put this sort of stuff in the Disney movies. Uh, it's Shrek. Yeah, I, I've seen this movie too, and mm. I I wish Chris Farley could have finished the movie. Oh yes, because he was originally cast to be Shrek. He was. Instead of I, Mike Myers, I really right. wish that it had been a, a Chris Farley thing, but um. Yeah, this movie just kind of annoys me, and it always has since the first time I saw it. And I was just, oh man, I like some of the stuff they did with it, like the the whole idea that the princess in distress, um, you know, the, the twist on on the deal with the princess, and and yes, you know that that was a that was good. Um, the jokes, you know, there's. They're funny and but they're raunchy, some of them. And yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I really don't really like the movie too much. Yeah, yeah it's nothing like the book. It, well, <laughs> so, I've never read the book. Well, the, um, it, it's one of those things where it couldn't be anything like the book. The book is it's a picture book with gotcha. you know just very short, short text, and so yeah, it couldn't have 
really been they couldn't have adapted the book no well this movie was definitely a trend-setting movie oh yeah because because after it came out i mean everybody and their mom was making fairy tale uh what do you call it satire yeah fairy tale satire mashup pop culture stuff it was it came out like right you know in the years after uh league of extraordinary gentlemen uh, pulled together, you know, fantasy elements from different sources and put out a story that was, you know, put up, make a, made a cohesive universe around those things. And so this one, you have, you know, Robin Hood and the Three Little Pigs and the Three Blind Mice and the, the Three Bears and Peter Pan and you know all these different um, things in the same world. And I think you know this was one of the ones that. It wasn't one of the the first ones, but it it popularized it to the point of now we can you know anyone can do this. And then you had uh, you know fables by Bill Willingham and um uh oh, what was the the one that you were involved with Ben Lullaby Lullaby yeah that was a really good one and um, yeah yeah and your other one the uh, uh, Oz, Oz Wonderland, Wonderland Chronicles yeah yeah Oz, stuff like that so you know it it made. It made it a thing, and then uh, once, you know, does the same thing on TV now. So mm. you, you have uh, a lot of things nowadays that are coming out of that, you know, twenty years ago when when it was being popularized. Well, well but you also, know what it, what it was doing though it was it was taking the fairy tale away from Disney, and it was well, it was taking the fairy tale away from Disney. It was it was flipping the script on on the on the fairy tale princess or the Disney princess, and it was saying, you know what. <laughs> we're going to just make fun of this. Yeah. And because it, it was after the, the decade where so many hit after hit for Disney, just a sincere fairy tale after sincere fairy tale. And then, yes, you're absolutely right. Ben, it's, it's a, a flip and the satire on that. Um, all right. So then we have spirit stallion of the Cimarron starring Matt Damon as a horse. Wait a minute, Matt Damon is not a horse? He is a horse in this movie. But, I mean, in real life, he's not. He is not a horse in real life, no. Okay. Good to, good to get that. I, did, I, I don't think I've seen this one. I've seen it. I remember lots of have... uh, animated horses that looked uh-huh. great. I mean, it, animated yes, it is. is super, super animation. Uh, I don't remember much about the story. Um. I can't remember if they were talking animals or just narrating animals, but they were not talking animals. They were narrating animals. You're right. And yep. It's set in the old West. And uh, yeah, like Ben said, the animation is great. The story is actually really good. And I, I would nothing is ever set in the new West. That's what I have to worry. That's, a, that's a good question. Well, things but, do get um, set in the new West. Like, uh, have you ever seen Longmire? That's a new West. Maybe you're right. Yeah, no, I am right. Don't say maybe I'm right. I am right. I know what I'm Perhaps. talking about. I perhaps. know which that which I talk about. Capital yeah. P on my perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So, I would I would highly recommend this one if you haven't seen this one. This is this is up there on my recommendation list. Uh, it's just a very different, very different animated film, and it's done very very well. And the acting's great. The story's good. It's a it's a it's a very different, very cool western. Uh, the soundtrack, once again, they're taking a page from the Tarzan book, having 
uh, one popular artist do all the songs. Um, in this in this case, it's Brian, Brian Adams. Adams. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Summer of eighteen sixty nine, I think, was the, <laughs> the good one off of this one. Got my first real six gun. <laughs> bought it at the five and dime. Shot it till my fingers, fingers bled. bled. It was the summer of eighteen sixty nine. I'm pretty sure that's in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think it might be. So yeah, I highly recommend that one. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um the next one is Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. Best this- movie ever. This is Have you seen this one? This is my favorite movie no of all time. This is my favorite movie of all time. John Logan did the screenplay. He is an amazing, amazing writer. This and is your favorite movie of all time? Yeah, haven't we talked about this? Comes no. up in almost every episode. <laughs> it's not like I talk about it all the time, but yeah. Yeah. No, of course not. What are you? I mean, he did tornadoes. This movie's yeah, horrible. I don't know if you're serious or not. <laughs> this movie's not good at all, man. He did Rango. There's some, I mean, this guy was all over the place. There's some neat animation in this movie, but I watched it once, and that is all I needed. I did not like it. it, it it's not super great, but it's. I didn't think it was horrible. Had some anyway. great cast, and uh, Brad Pitt, if you like him. Catherine Zeta, I mean, big names, Catherine Zeta-Jones, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, and uh, and also a, a, a Joseph uh, a F- Finnis. I think it's Joseph Finnis is also in this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you mean Joseph, Joseph Phineas Ferb. Joseph Phineas Ferb. I believe this was their last traditionally animated film, and then they moved exclusively to... Untraditional animation. Yeah, yeah to, I think you're right. Digital animation. Um, and yeah, it, it's not great. Uh, but it's it's high fantasy. And if you like high fantasy and cool animation and Brad Pitt. The, the, yep. one, the one thing I give this is production design and character design and creature design. Like the design that went into the just the things you see on the screen. That's what that was the stick out for me. But. Yeah. And they tried to do groundbreaking special effects by integrating the CGI into the traditional animation, and now it looks really bad. That's wow. what it is. <laughs> that must be what it is that made me not like this movie, because there was something, and I think you, I think that's what it is. I might be wrong that that's what it is. Yeah, it's, pro- it was, it's probably it. Okay. Um, and I also take issue. You know, it's got a bunch of magic and and pagan stuff in it. So, meh. Um, okay, now we've got. Shrek 2, which, in my opinion, is the best of the series. A lot of people. Um, yeah, you like I've seen one? this. This is the one with the cat, right? With Puss in Boots? Yes, in the Fairy Godmother. Yeah. I don't remember much about this, though. I just remember it has the cat, because the cat was uh, uh, Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas, yeah. yes. It is the yeah, seventh it- highest animated film of all time in ticket sellings. Wow. Ticket sellings. Who says ticket sellings? You do, apparently. Come on, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, yeah, it was this one. I, I like it's it, like I said, it's my favorite of all of them. And uh, mostly because of the, the third act is really, really good. Uh, one thing I remember about this was this, the, the director uh, what went on and, and directed um, Lion, the Witch, Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a change up. Okay. Now we've got uh, Shark Tale is next. Another CGI movie about a fish I didn't in see a this. big city. Yeah. This, it's, this is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, not really worth it. Okay. Well, no, it, at it, all. Yeah. It's one of those. No. I mean, if you're if you're a completist and you want to see every Will Smith or Jack Black film, uh, then yeah, go check it out. But other than that, well, who isn't mm-hmm. though? What? Who isn't what? a completist that wants to see every <laughs> Jack Black and Will Smith movie? Well, my hand. I, I guess that everybody should see this. It's it's about uh, one guy, one fish in the big city who gets tangled up in the mafia, and the mafia are sharks. <laughs> <laughs> aren't yep. they really okay I mean, but seriously. where where did when this came out when mm-hmm. had finding nemo come out i think finding nemo was after this in 2005 okay really i'm that was pretty crazy. sure finding that was really... nemo that's just off the top of my head is 2003 Dang. really 2003 which is before this all right but because of the length of time that it takes to make a movie like this, they they were in production at similar times. It's just this one right. was released after that one. And mm-hmm. I do remember, at least I th- the reason I asked the question was I think I remember people saying, oh, they're just trying to rip off Pixar. It's yeah. so it's so different from Finding Nemo. Like you can't even compare the two, except that they're underwater. Yeah, but Armageddon and Deep Impact very different from each other. Yeah. Yes. Very yep. true. Very but, true. But you know, I mean, it's that kind of thing where you have okay, well, they did a bug movie. They did a bug movie. They did a lost civilization. They did a lost civilization. They yeah. did fish movie. They did a fish movie. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers get lumped in together, but they're completely different science fiction things. You know. Um, all right, so now we have uh, Madagascar, Madagascar, which yeah. may be seen this my movie. least favorite of all the DreamWorks movies. I did not see this. I wouldn't Good say it's, you, it's. I wouldn't say it's my least favorite. It's just it's so much a kids' movie that and bad. You know, when I went to see it. The kids loved it. I mean, they still love it. They watch it and everything. But it's like, it it's it doesn't hold that much for me personally. No, I think I have seen this movie. You know, when I saw it, I was you know close to forty. There is almost nothing I like about this movie. I've seen this movie. I don't remember anything about it. (laughs) I don't like the character. Okay, there's two things I like. One is the penguins. The penguins are very funny. Um, and then there is one, I just watched this recently cause it was on TV and it was just on. And, uh, there was one joke that I did not catch earlier and they're trying to sig. they're stuck on an Island. They're trying to signal people for help. So, and they're New Yorkers cause they escaped from the New York zoo. And, uh, so they build a giant effigy of the statue of Liberty. One of them accidentally sets it on fire and it burns so it's halfway sticking up out of the ground and the lion falls to his knees and beats his fists against the sand and says, you maniacs, <laughs> you blew it up. <laughs> Dang you. I haven't seen this movie. I don't remember that. 
I would so, remember that. <laughs> I laughed at that. Um, but other than that, no. Nope. Um, and I one would my, recommend that you not watch it. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things about this movie is uh, in the cast, uh, Bob Saget is an unspecified off-screen zoo animal. Is he really? But I mean, it's like... <laughs> How obscure do you have to get? Wow, but that's the Wikipedia like, link. I, I wonder what it's yeah. the actual. I don't know. But it's just like, you know, it's like, hey, can I have a little part in this movie? Sure. You want to be, a, I don't know, unspecified off-screen zoo animal? Yeah, I'll jump at that. <laughs> do I get royalties? So, I don't know. Just kind of funny. Um, Maybe only to me. Boy. <laughs> 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 cut it out. just cut it out okay i'm, I'm giving you a laugh here. man i'm giving you a laugh <laughs> no in, in imdb it says uh bob saget zoo animal all right there it there is you go. bob saget's in there have you guys seen this next one wallace and gromit the curse of the were rabbit no i wanted to but i haven't gotten around to seeing it um but also not really dreamworks by my by my reckoning Okay. I think this is another one where the um, is it's produced by them. Yeah, yeah I think well, it's distributed by them. I think yeah. they must have struck a three picture deal together. Yeah, so Ardman. Yeah, um, it, it's kind of yeah, like I've... you know Pixar before, you know before Disney bought them. Were they Pixar movies or were they Disney movies? Is Toy Story a Disney movie? Yeah, Disney has its name on it, but did Disney make the movie? It was Pixar. It was Steve Jobs made that movie. <laughs> um, okay, so I yeah, I've seen it. Uh, if you like Wallace and Gromit, you'll like this. Yeah, awesome. Um, okay, the next one I actually really enjoyed. Uh, and I remember I saw this for free when I worked at the movie theater. Um, and it was Over the Hedge is the next one. I With saw Bruce Willis I saw as this an adorable movie. raccoon. Yeah, I saw this and... I don't really remember much about it, though. <laughs> I watched it with a group of kids. I remember that. And it's the kids laughed. They wake up after one winter of hibernation and realize that a subdivision has been built around their home. And they are the one patch of forest that's left in the middle of the suburbia. And they have to try to cope with their new environment. And a swindling raccoon is trying to trick the good-natured animals into helping him. Uh, replace all the food that he accidentally stole from a bear so that he doesn't die. Yeah, I don't remember so any lots, of that. Lots I, of fun suburbs jokes, and I liked it. I like this movie a lot. Is this the one where they, they see something in the hedge or something, and they, they think it's like some all-powerful being called Steve? Yes. Yeah, yep. this is my favorite movie. <laughs> Man, because I didn't it, know there's so it has, many favorite movies. Because it has me in it. Oh, yes. powerful being named Steve. Of course. So anyway, yeah. Of course. And okay. we, are, we are now headed into situations where I, I don't think I've seen... I might have seen like three of the, the movies that are coming now after this point. Ben, what have you been doing? Not watching these movies. That's what I've been Some doing. Some of these are really good. Well, let's get to it, okay? Okay. Flushed away. Um, so Ardman. I wanted to see it. Didn't. It's got a Hugh Jackman. It's w- okay. Andy Circus. Oh, what? And uh, Ian McKellen is a giant bullfrog in this. <laughs> oh, not in real life? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, if you like Wallace and Gromit, you in British humor, you might like this. Um, it's okay. Uh, then we have Shrek the Third, my least favorite of all the Shreks. Didn't see Shrek it. The third. I don't yeah. know if I saw this one. Good for you, Ben. Good for you. It, this one, literally, don't watch this. It's not worth watching at all. Um, okay, so DreamWorks is really interesting to me because in ev- in almost every movie, they have like an A-list Hollywood person, multiple A-list Hollywood people in main roles. And this next one is just one of the weirdest movies in their repertoire. It is the B movie. Yeah, I've seen this, and I With like Jerry it. Jerry Seinfeld, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. Um, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. 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 Uh, Renee I, Selger, Patrick Warburton. Yes. Patrick. From, uh, from uh, a uh, series the, of unfortunate uh, events. Yep, there you go. Yes. And. John Goodman, Chris Roth. And uh, he's also the Tick. Live action tick. Yes, that's right. Well, that's right. one of the live action, the first live action. Tick. And, and he's he's, he's putty. <laughs> he is. Yep. So Ben, you really like this one? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's there are parts where I had problems with it because like the romance angle is kind of weird. Yes, it is a weird, <laughs> weird movie. Like it goes it, it takes so many left turns yeah <laughs> so many left turns you're like wait what is happening now wait well, what <laughs> yeah and it's it's not quite the kind of thing where it feels like they just we they didn't know what the movie was you know it's not like that i think that they knew exactly what they were doing with this movie yes it, it just yeah it is bizarre it is well, weird jerry seinfeld uh, wrote it and produced it as well mm-hmm. along oh, yeah, with some was... other people spike ferenstein is is one of the writers also and is it spike ferenstein 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 <laughs> is it spike that's what i'm asking spike yes yep there he Who is worked on ferenstein. yeah he also had a show a late night show that i really liked talk show with spike ferenstein yeah yep. should we give the listeners if they've never heard of this should we give them a brief synopsis uh, can you give them a brief synopsis <laughs> I mean, it's basically, basically ants and a bug's life, only with bees. The difference is the bees interact with modern day people. And they decide to sue the human race <laughs> in a court of law. Wow. <laughs> Which accidentally triggers the apocalypse. Yeah, it is messed up. <laughs> Accidental apocalypse. That was the name of my heavy metal band back in the mid 90s. Yep. Also, there is romance between a bee person and a human person. Yep. Awkward. Right there. That's in this movie. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> I actually just watched this recently. Like a couple weeks ago, I just had a hankering to watch the bee movie. So I did. That's a, almost more awkward than the, the bee romance, but. <laughs> So it's it's the, the, honestly here's how I've seen this movie. It's been on TV twice, and both times I happen to have the TV on, and hey, okay, let's watch this. And so I did, and <laughs> didn't hate it, but it did definitely did not hate it as much as some of the other movies that are on here. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, it's not something I would ever rush out to buy, nor is it something I'd ever rush out to tell someone, you must see this movie. Unless the idea of a Jerry Seinfeld comedy routine done in the format of an action-adventure movie about bees, honey production, (laughs) and legal precedents. If all all those things fall into your wheelhouse, run, don't walk, run and get this movie. If not, if not, if it's only like one of those things that falls into your wheelhouse, wait for it to come to you. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? This movie, I've just, I just heard recently, this is becoming like a, a internet phenomenon cult classic. I don't know why, but it is. Um, Okay. (laughs) The weird thing about this movie to me is Sting plays himself in the movie. He does. Ray Liotta plays himself in the movie. Yes. Larry King plays a B version of himself called B Larry King. Yeah. (laughs) As if Larry King can't exist in this universe (laughs) with Ray Liotta and Sting. No, but Steve, that's that's one of the jokes in the movie. He's sitting being interviewed by B. Larry King. He's like, hey, you know there's a there's a Larry King in the human world? He's like, it's a very common name. No, no, he's got like suspenders and he's got pointy shoulders, very Jewish, you know. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Um, anyway. Um Okay. The next one is uh Okay, so now I feel like we're entering the modern DreamWorks. Like all this other stuff, I feel like it's very. It, it's it, so 2008. Yeah. Oh yes. This is the next stage. No, but not, not, with this next one, I feel like every everyone since this has been. It's got the It's got a the DreamWorks style to it. I feel like the now they're they're having. Stage. No, for real. <laughs> like, I feel like the uh, their character designs are very reminiscent this movie going forward and it's just got that that uh i don't know you know I, how you can tell like a disney movie from the 90s it's got that disney uh what's his name glenn keen touch to it yeah i i don't i don't see it but i feel like there's a tone that's happening here mm. a tone shift okay. where they're trying to make movies that are going to be like the most populous movies they can possibly make and they are going out after the sequels i mean they've already done shrek sequels um but they're going out after you know okay kung fu panda that's our next movie we're gonna get a sequel to that we're gonna get another sequel to that (laughs) you know how to train your dragon we're gonna get a sequel to that we're gonna get more madagascar movies and and this is where you know hollywood is all about making the money obviously Mm -hmm. but this is where to me dreamworks feels in some of them most of them that are coming up DreamWorks feels like it's, it's making the movies to make the money and not so much making the movies to make the art. Like the the scale is tipped toward money no matter what, but the scale tips less toward art now than it did before. Not that there aren't art. And I've got a couple movies that on, on this list. Now there's two coming up that I I really, really, really like. I would disagree with you there, Ben, just about the money thing, because I feel like these ones that are coming up for the most part, um, it's very they're very original. And I feel like a lot of a lot of art went into these. 
where I'm not like saying Shrek I'm not saying art didn't I'm not saying art didn't go into these, but I am saying how many of these next movies are sequels. That is true, but they're very well done sequels, in my opinion. Sure. Unlike the Shrek ones. Hey, you know, and I haven't seen many of them. I'm saying this is the impression that I'm okay. getting. I'm right. not. I have not seen. Well, I have not seen Kung Fu Panda. I have not. <gasps> yeah. Ben. I haven't. Just haven't gotten around to it. You Stop should go watch that. And go watch it now. You should go watch that. That's one of the dream. That's if we were making a top 10 list of DreamWorks movies, this would be up there. Um, I, I'm going to put it in my caveat about the spiritualism in this, but top, in this one, it doesn't bug me. Top 10 but, out of 30. <laughs> like, this is this is one of the top third of their movies. Right. Maybe top, maybe <laughs> top five, Ben, maybe top five. We'll see. Um, but it's it's very good. It's very, very, very good. I would recommend this one. It was the stench of Jack Black that kept me away at first. (laughs) And then it was, and I like Jack Black, but I got tired of him. Just don't Mm. like the stench of him. Well, there's that. These are probably his best films. Well, what I'm saying is it kept me away at first, and then I just never got around to it afterward. So it hasn't happened. Dustin Hoffman's in here. Does a great job. Jackie Chan, he's in here. Yep. All right. Very good. <laughs> but go ahead, have your conversation about uh, it, because I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Steve? Um. Yeah, of course. Everyone who's anyone who has seen this. <laughs> you guys. What? You guys. I've you seen should... it. Come on. I've okay. seen it. It's, I think it's very I, I think I think it had the the um, the spiritual elements I think go a little bit too far in this one. It's very it's very Eastern mysticism kung fu stuff. And in each in each kung fu panda movie, they take a cliche of the kung fu genre and they just uh, and they make a movie around that one cliche. And it's it's very, but it's. They're they're very good. They're very good kung fu movies. So a very um, good American encompassing kung fu movies. Um, so yeah, I'd recommend that one. Next one, Madagascar Escape Number Two, Africa. <laughs> Escape and, to Africa, as in being too legit to quit. Too legit to quit. Hi and, hi. Uh, <laughs> Unless you guys have seen this one, let's just move right along. Have not seen it. I think I've seen it. <laughs> Hold on, let me. Let Maybe me I've seen bit. it. I I've seen a Madagascar movie. <laughs> so this is the one where they're in Africa, and uh, yeah, I just don't care. I do not care about. I think this it's, one it's, or the one before it. I don't get any really part of it. There's one it's, part it's, that made me laugh. <clears throat> I think it's also one of those ones where, you know, it's the Madagascar people doing their things and et cetera. And it's just sort of like, wow, okay, yep. <laughs> Kids are going to like this one. You know, it's going to get a constant uh, constant play on the yeah. you know, the DVD in the car. It has those penguins in it, right? Yeah. They yeah. have the penguins yeah. in it. And once again, they are the funniest part 
Um, yeah. And, and you, I laughed out loud with the penguins. Um, but yeah, if, this is one where I definitely think it's a it's a money grab thing because Madagascar one was so popular. Oh, let's make a second one. Eh, I just don't I don't like most of the humor in these, or the stories or the characters. So, I think all, right. all right, it's just one of those things. Now, Ben, tell me you've seen this one. What one? The next one, Monsters vs. Aliens. Have not seen this movie. Ben! <laughs> this one is like in your wheelhouse, man. And I'm, I'm not saying that this is a great film, but you would enjoy it, I think. I I am sure I would. I just never got around to it. What was going on? 2009. <laughs> what movies were coming out in 2009? That was March of 2009? Mm-hmm. What was I doing? What were you doing? Yeah, I don't know why I didn't see it. I saw the commercials for it. I remember the commercials for it. But Well, listeners, rest assured, now that I'm here, Strangers and Aliens will be covering animated films. <laughs> don't you worry. We won't miss another opportunity if a movie comes out called Monsters vs. Aliens. Okay, hold on. In March That's of 2009... I literally saw no movie in theaters. <laughs> wow. Every single movie that came out that month, which includes Watchmen. Watchmen is, I've seen Watchmen. I wanted to see Race to Witch Mountain, but I didn't see it. I saw that one. Uh, Duplicity. Uh, Haunting in Connecticut. I was curious about that, but I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Didn't happen. <laughs> I don't know what's going right. on in 2009, but it wasn't movies. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if you are a sci-fi fan and you just want a fun little diversion that plays on the old, a lot of the old fun uh, tropes and stuff from your 50s monster movies and, and sci-fi movies, then uh, I would recommend that you check it out. Um, All right. The next one. All right. Now, yeah, this one. February, February 2009, April 2009. Also did not see any of those movies in theaters. So I don't know. It just, just wasn't happening. Okay, next. The next one is How to Train Your Dragon. I've very heard I've heard very book. good things about it. Yeah, I've not read the book, but not a bad, not a bad movie in and of itself. No, I've, I've never read the book, but this is to me, this is one of their best ones. Um, I highly recommend this to anybody. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And very cool, original uh, character and creature designs. Um, it's just kind of neat. It's really in the soundtrack. Ben, have you, have you listened to the soundtrack at least? To what? How to train your dragon? Uh huh. No, I don't usually listen to soundtracks that I haven't seen the movie. Mm. That's, that's one. I think once you hear it, you'll add it to your, your rotation. Who who did that? Uh, it's very good. Who did it? Uh, let me see. Oh, Thank you, Wikipedia, John, for your help. John Powell. Guy. John Powell did it after doing Kung Fu Panda with Hans Zimmer. So it looks like he's of that school. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. Okay. Um, all right. The next one is Shrek Forever After. Meh. Didn't see it. Uh, I don't think I saw that one. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Uh, and then... 
this one this one's probably up there in my top five. It's Megamind. I do. Seen this one, right? I, I have seen this one. I oh, I watched Megamind as a double feature with Despicable Me in my living room one afternoon on a Friday. Excellent. <laughs> yes, this one's very very good, and it's it's probably one of my top superhero movies. It's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Fun. Who does the voice? Uh, is that Will uh, Ferrell? Will Ferrell, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Brad Pitt plays uh, the Superman character. Oh, that's right. Uh, oh, I forget his name. Metro Man. Oh, Metro. No, no, who, who's the the other guy? The one that gets superpowers, and he oh, mistakes shoot. the name. Yes, uh, Titan. Titan. <laughs> it's T I G H T E N. Yes. <laughs> they misspell it. When he writes it's his sad. name, he yes, mis- he misspells it. That's hilarious. And he's played by Jonah Hill. Um, okay, which yeah. I can't really recommend like any of his other movies, no, but he's funny in this no. one. <laughs> yeah, All right. The next one is Kung Fu Panda 2. Wait, 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 We're missing. We're burying the lead here. Guillermo del Toro okay. was a creative consultant on this movie. He was a creative consultant on this movie. Three ben. weeks, three weeks before end of production. What, what, ben, Guillermo... what can you do for an animated movie three weeks before it's done? Um, Okay. Kung Fu Panda 2. Kung Fu Panda 2, yes, it's the sequel. It's a very good sequel, in my opinion. Gary Oldman plays the bad guy. It takes us to some dark places um, that the first one did not go, and it's got a very a little bit more mature storyline. He's a very good villain, um, and I, I recommend this one also and with I, the same caveats. I have not seen it with the same caveats. The caveat being, right. I, I haven't seen it. So, That's... yeah, I don't think I've seen this one. So this one, uh, this one plays on the tr- the kung fu movie tropes of uh, Western guns are being introduced into China or the into a country that they're only using martial arts in in hand to hand combat, and so because uh, it does some cool stuff, I like it. Okay. Uh, next one is Puss in Boots. Yeah, I have not seen this one. I saw it. It's okay. It's got magic in it. Eh. <laughs> Again. All right. Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. If you're going to watch a Madagascar movie, watch this one. Oh, this is the one with the clown wigs. Yes. Yeah, my, my one... kids laughed at this commercial. Oh, Ben. <laughs> There's 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 one scene, the first act. There's this big car chase. It is hilarious. I was laughing, 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 and it. it is very funny. And yeah, this one I feel like is the best of all three Madagascar movies. I don't know how much you'll understand if you watch it without having watched the other ones, but I don't really think it matters. It's still funny. The penguins are in it. They're funny. Um, and it's got it's got the weirdest storyline, but it is the best one. Ironically, so. All right. (laughs) Uh, Okay, then we have Rise of the Guardians, which I'm very surprised you have not seen, Ben, because, once again, feels like it's right up your wheelhouse. Just haven't gotten around to it. Is this the one with the owls or something? No, this is the one with the uh, the, the, the winter winter people. Yes. There's there's... Krampus in there? No, Krampus is not there. But So you have have Santa Claus – 
You have Jack Frost. You have the Tooth Fairy. You have the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny's played by Hugh Jackman, and he's Australian. It's great. Well, there you go. Um, and they need to team up to defeat the Boogeyman, who's really creepy. He's played by Jude Law. Okay. So, uh, once again, it's got magic-y stuff in it, but if that doesn't bug you, it could be an epic story that you would enjoy. All right. It's I feel like it's very reminiscent of your your Krampus story that you and Tim Baird worked on, or not reminiscent, but it's got feels like they could be in the same universe, maybe. Fair enough. I will eventually okay. see it, maybe that, uh, and uh, <laughs> maybe 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 do a double feature with Monsters versus Aliens or something. But nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next up, we've got the Crudes. Have not seen it. Didn't see it. I saw it. It's got some funny stuff in it. Um, Nicholas Cage plays a caveman. So if you can get past the evolutionary stuff in it with the caveman people, eh, you might find it funny. I thought you were going to say if you can get past the Nicholas Cage part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I enjoy Nicholas Cage in animated films. I saw him. In, I liked him in the Ant Bully also. Um, I don't know, and I liked him in National Treasure. So I want to see his face. <laughs> if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch a movie with Nicolas Cage, I want the full crazy. Wow. Okay. So I'm in the theaters, and the trailer for this next movie comes up, and it's a DreamWorks movie about snails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Snails with super speed. It's, yeah. It's snails meets Fast and the Furious. It is. It is yeah. with Ryan Reynolds as the snail. And Samuel L. Jackson is in this also. And then I went to go see this movie, and surprisingly, it is one of my favorites. Now, what do you mean by that, though? One of your favorites in the way that The Prince of Egypt is one of your favorites? Or one of your favorites in the way that Kung Fu Panda is one of your favorites? Yeah, yep, yep. Okay. See, Prince of Egypt, like, it's it's so far up there, it almost transcends my DreamWorks list, and it's just on a whole other level. Um. But this this one's up there. I really, really enjoyed this, and I don't really know why. It's funny. I like the story arc. Um, Paul Giamatti is in this too, and he plays Ryan Reynolds' brother, and their dynamic is very funny. It's almost like a Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber sort of a situation. I really like it. <laughs> I it's it's fun. I and there it, there are giant tomatoes in this movie, which might contribute to that. So, yep. I enjoy it. And <laughs> it's so weird. Like some of their movies are so weird because it's a snail and he like gets dumped into the nitrix acid or yeah, the nitrix oxide from one of the street racing cars. And it, it like does the zoom in to his skin, like in Spider-Man and you see his DNA being altered with the nitrix oxide. And then he comes out the other side and he's got super speed. Okay. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> if you and so what does he do does he fight crime no he makes friends with a human and they enter him into the indianapolis 500 well of course i mean <laughs> if, if you had a friend that was a snail wouldn't you it's like this in the b movie are cousins <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird but i like this one all right then one of the next one is also up there on my favorites list mr peabody and sherman this one this movie I really, really like. This is one yep. that breaks me out of my lethargy it's, and, it's funny. and pulls me out of my ambivalence and says, <laughs> hey, you really like this movie, Ben. 
you really like this movie. And I think it is legit uh, DreamWorks movie. It's not like them footing the bill for someone else to make a movie. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's good. Have you seen the animated show on Netflix? I, I started watching one episode and decided, nah. It is pee my pants funny, man. It Are you is, serious? Oh, man. It is so funny. I watched it with the kids when their mother wasn't around because it's not mother approved, but it is definitely dad approved. Uh, I mean, it, it goes, it gets, it's, it goes to the scatological humor. It goes to some, some, it goes to some, uh, edgy places. Let's put it that way. Okay. But, oh my goodness. Some of it's so funny and yeah. I'll have to give it a second chance then. Cause I started uh, watching it and I thought it was kind of boring. Yeah. You just got to get into the rhythm with it. Got to right. get into the rhythm with it. Um, I will say I have a fun memory from this movie, seeing it in theaters. Me and Shantae went and saw it at the Dollar Theater. And uh, I'm a, history is my favorite subject. I'm a big history buff. I love it. And so there's a bunch of history jokes in this. So we're in there with a bunch of kids, like elementary school kids. And Patrick Warburton's in this, and he drops a joke about Oedipus. And I was dying. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Nobody in the theater had any idea what I was laughing about. It was so yeah. funny. Yeah. I, me all the time. I like this a lot and it, it retains a lot of the charm of the original cartoons. It, it obviously gets more edgy and has more modern storytelling bent mm. to it, but um, yeah, it, it retains that dry humor and just kind of the, we're going to do some really awful puns, buddy, but we're going to do it. <laughs> And we're going to do it with a straight face and you're going to laugh yep. and valid dog Torian. Yeah. And I did. I laughed. <laughs> I, my kids laughed. We all liked the movie and yeah. I, and let's, let me just throw it out there. I mean, Peabody and Sherman is one of those time travel things for me in my childhood that definitely came with me into adulthood and, and was an inspiration behind some of the time flies stuff that I did. And yeah. I wanted then to turn around and do maybe some audio or short animated things that would be m more close in tone to Peabody and Sherman uh, with the time flies uh, characters. I have obviously haven't done that, but um, yeah, it's this one. I was nervous about it. I was so, so nervous about it because for me, Peabody and Sherman was a very beloved thing from my childhood. And one of the few beloved things where I'm like, man, I'm just, they could ruin this for me. And, and they did not. I was so pleased. So yeah, like pleased. That underdog film. It's like, that's not underdog. No, nope. I really that's enjoyed that movie. Steve. Something else. It's no, it's no, <laughs> Oh. Yeah, yeah, but here's here's the thing, Evan. You enjoyed that movie, but did did you have like a a connection to the original cartoon? No, absolutely. Not. See, no. maybe it's enjoyable if you're just looking at it as it's a superhero dog movie. Yeah, and pull it away from from calling it underdog. But because of what underdog is in my mind, I will not watch the underdog movie because of what they're trying to make it, which is just you know the whole let's do the animated character in real life places it just doesn't doesn't interest me are you, because, yeah are you judging a book by its cover bin no yes. no i am avoiding a book because of its cover <laughs> i'm yeah. not i'm not just i'm just not interested in in 
trying to take in what they have taken from something I already, and, and this is why I was trying to avoid Peabody and Sherman. I was thinking, this is not going to be good. It's not going to be good. I'll, I'm just going to go ahead and do it because I love Peabody and Sherman too, too much. And if they really do a good job with it, then I'll be so glad I took the risk. I jumped in and sure enough, I mean, they kept all the things that I loved and added in things that just made it fun. And the, the added in stuff did not take away from the stuff that, that I loved. So yeah, this was one of the best translations of something that's old and dry and maybe even boring to a younger generation. Uh, and then they did a great job translating it for a new generation and keeping enough for the older generation, me, to enjoy as well. Yeah. And my kids liked it. Now, my kids do like the original as well, but it's not something they would ask to watch. Gotcha. But, yeah. So there that is. Next. All right. How to Train Your Dragon 2. How to Train Your Dragon 2. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Picks up a year or two later and people are grown up a little more. It's got some more cool creature design. I don't think the story is quite as strong as the first one, although some would argue that because there's some definitely uh, some some deep emotional parts in there. I guess the story is strong. I just didn't I kind of didn't like how it played out, but it's got some it's got some good moments. Um, and people would consider this one a really good one also. Uh, I do have a funny story about this one. Shantae and I went to go see this in theaters, and there's a sad moment in the film. Um, and we are sitting a couple seats down from this other couple. And when the sad moment happens, I couldn't even feel sad about it because the, uh, this other, the girl from this other couple was wailing. Wow. Like in deep, deep sobbing, wailing, crying <laughs> for like for like minutes <laughs> and i'm just like so distracted by her i'm like oh my goodness like yeah it's kind of sad but it's it's a animated film <laughs> and yeah so i mean it was just open openly weeping so now <laughs> there it is all right <laughs> yeah there it is that, i thought it was funny looking back on it <laughs> <I thought>, she <laughs> might have <laughs> been like going through some stuff i don't know um no that that's awkward man i mean that's probably the most awkward story that you've told now yeah the most awkward moment of what we've talked about yeah the story itself is not awkward in the telling but the story what happened in the telling oh i don't know what i would have done (laughs) if i would have been stifling laughter or what i I was just looking at shantae i was just like i can't even i'm distracted so (laughs) next the next one Penguins of Madagascar, a movie featuring just the penguins from the Madagascar movie. I'm assuming you guys haven't seen this one. You are correct, I th- sir. I think I've seen this one. Is this the one where the um, the Guardians of the North or something come in? Yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh my is goodness! This, this is, is a <laughs> yeah, yeah. The North Wind, yeah. Yeah, the North funny. Wind. This was funny. I actually will we'll watch this with the kids. This was the, they do a lot of like. There's a, a, a the bad guy who I completely forget. Um, all he's a, the he's an octopus. Octopus. The, like all the 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 bad guys' names are like the, the like the the no name people in the background. He's he's telling people, um, 
to do stuff, and I'm trying to remember some of them. Um, like, he, like he, uh, he wants more power in, for the thing, so he'll say he'll point to two two of the characters, the no name characters in the background, the, the 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 goons, and he'll say, "Drew Barry, more power." I get stuff it. like that. Drew Barrymore. And he, he keeps saying <laughs> things like that. And it's people's names. It's like yes. other actors' names and stuff. And uh, it, it's just worked into the script as if it was just, you know, it, they, they keep doing that. And it's very funny how they, how they got a lot of those in. I, I, remember, uh, I remember laughing a lot during this movie. And it is funny. Yeah. But I will, I will say it is very stupid. <laughs> yes. Yes. This this is SpongeBob SquarePants humor right here, but it's still funny. Yeah. Um all right. Yep. Haven't seen it. Next up, The True oh. Meaning of Spec Day. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it, here's the interesting thing about this one. I bought the book intending to read the book before I saw the movie, and we were going to do a Strangers and Alien episode about it. But I didn't read the book. It's still unread. It's in my hand right now. <laughs> and then I didn't see the movie. But then uh, on a vacation last year, last winter, we did see it. And I really, really enjoyed this movie a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Now, here's the weird thing about it. Do you know who published this book? No. Hyperion Books, which is owned by who? Disney. That's odd. Yeah. And so I was surprised to find out um, after buying the book that the the movie was not a Disney movie. But yeah, I want to read this book. It's a sci-fi comedy novel. Well, it was distributed by 20th Century Fox. With the movie? Yeah. That's weird. So. hmm. Produced by DreamWorks, distributed by 20th. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's it stars Jim Parsons, who plays Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that. Uh, and he's very funny. Oh, very 20th Century, Century Fox does a bunch of their distribu- distribution. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, Penguins, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Huh. Peabody, All right. uh, Peabody and Sherman, yeah. It's just the relationship they have. That's no big whoop. Nice. But yeah, um, Jim Parsons is really really funny in this and yeah they it's it's just a good it's a sci-fi comedy and I it's got a, heart i think one of the problems is that 20 years from now or 10 years from now some of the references are going to be so dated that it's not going to stand up to time i'd like to see it stand up yeah. to time but you you might be right about that i can I see think. that it's it's very you know if if you if you know memes if you know uh you know different things like that that are out there facebook stuff you know i can has yes you know, stuff like that the aliens and, speak in meme speak from yes. from the internet yeah you know what though i did not that is not a connection i made i just took that as just really you know a, a, an inflection of the language I, <laughs> I i didn't take it as meme speak well, maybe uh, maybe it will stand the test of time then. I mean, hey, Shrek. I, I mean, let's face it. I mean, that's the same kind of thing with Shrek. There's so much in there that was of a yeah. time. Um, 
but referencing the matrix and stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, oddly enough, this, this one on rotten tomatoes is under 50%, which only yeah. five DreamWorks movies are under 50%. It's one of the worst wow. uh, reviewed movies on, uh, in, in DreamWorks, uh, um, bunch of movies. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do not recommend the, the Netflix series of this, no. that, that just, <laughs> as much as I like Peabody and Sherman doing all the scatological stuff and laughed about it with, with home, with the, with the series, it just didn't do the same thing for me. And it, no, no I, I don't recommend it. We, we watched like 30 seconds of the first episode. And we're just like, no, mm. I remember uh, tearing up in this movie in the theaters when I saw it. So yeah, I recommend it. It's good. All right. Next money grab. I mean, next movie is <laughs> Kung Fu Panda three, which had a hilarious trailer. I saw the trailer. How was the trailer? Not good enough to get me to see the movie, but it was really. <laughs> uh, this one, this one is is not as strong as the other ones. Uh, I just recently watched it on Netflix too. This is my second time watching it through it, but it's still enjoyable to me. And um, it's got Brian Cranston as uh, the father of the main character, and. Uh, this one goes into the tropes of the spiritual warrior, you know, with the, with the chi and being able to channel your chi and do your, you know, little misty energy blast stuff that people can do in many Asian films yeah, and anime. Uh, so it gets into all that sort of stuff. Really, 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 really cool visuals. Really? Yes, I will say that. Um, Finally, we have Trolls, which we've done an episode about. (laughs) Yes, go listen to our episode. The more I think about it, the more I enjoy that movie. I'll have to watch it a second time to see if I really did enjoy it. But I, for the first part, I I liked it. All right. Yeah. I have not seen it. Steve, no? Okay. I have not. Nope. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so there it is. The DreamWorks filmography, as you can see, overwhelming positivity from, from me, Evan, Ben, and Steve. Um, that's <laughs> if, what I got. I like, I like some of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's coming up from them? Well, you get uh, How to Train Dragon 3, Shrek 5, Madagascar 4, Puss in Boots 2. Uh, but we also get Captain, Captain Underpants, man. Captain Underpants. Classic. It is. Classic of modern, modern literature. It is. I wonder I how they're going to incorporate the uh, the flip book aspect of things with that. Because I do want to see the Boss Baby. Boss Baby looks funny, but I probably won't see it. So, yeah. It's got Alec Baldwin as a baby. It's true. Yeah, what's, it, it's what's true. What's better than that? Uh, anything okay. um, <laughs> um i did uh, as as we were talking i ran some numbers on uh on the movies there's 33 movies all together um all together the 
the amount of money they spent in production of these movies is about four billion dollars. And they grossed close to fourteen billion dollars. So they're doing something right. That they you know they've they've they're ten billion dollars in the in the black over thirty three movies. Um you know, the, it uh, it translates to about 120 120 million dollars per movie and over 400 million per movie <coughs> average uh gross box office gross which is pretty good um the average uh dreamworks movie got a 73 on uh, rotten tomatoes which over the course of 33 movies is not that bad i don't think and uh i know we uh, uh, uh evan sort of split them in between uh, the ants to the B movie and the first panda movie to the trolls uh, movie. And um, it's kind of interesting. Um, ants to the B movie, they spent less than a hundred million on each one and they grossed uh, uh, three, about 330 million on each. Um, but the rotten tomatoes was about 69 average for that. Uh, since then, Pandas won to Trolls. It's over 140 million in production costs, almost 500, uh, almost half a billion dollars uh, for each movie in that bunch. Uh, I think there's 15 or something there, uh, 18. I think um, half hmm. a billion for each one, and uh, the Rotten Tomatoes is 76 for uh, an average for those ones there. It's a lot of um, lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. All right. Well, is that your final word, Steve? On Those this? are my final words and numbers. How about you, uh, Evan? You have a final word, or have you already given it? My final word would be: go watch the Prince of Egypt, everybody, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> and my final word is: thank you, everyone, for listening, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. Got my first real six gun. <laughs> bought it at the five and dime. Shot it till my fingers bled. It was the summer of 1869. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's in there. Oh, yeah. I think it might be.